Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. This is your host, Gio Garcia. Today we have a very special guest. He goes by the name of Jovan Bua. He's a Clippers reporter for Athletic. He's been covering the Clippers for the last eight years. Jovan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so yeah, you've been covering the Clippers for the last eight years. You just started with the Athletic. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I, uh, I got into, I mean, like most people that, industry like I, I got into sports when I was young and for me that kind of became basketball when I was eight so um, you know kind of ever since that point basketball has been like my passion my mm -hmm. obsession um, I, I really consider myself like not even a sports fan like I just kind of like a basketball fan yeah um, so you know played it all through elementary school middle school high school uh, and then kind of like my junior year going to my senior year of high school I was like what's something I can do mm -hmm. with basketball like the NBA, yeah. uh, specifically, uh, you know, kind of looking at what I want to do with my life and just career and stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, that ended up being, um, you know, like sports journalism. Uh, you know, I'd always been a good writer, but I was also like the type of writer where I didn't really care about what I was doing unless it was something that interested me. Mm -hmm. You know, most stuff in school was kind of boring, like a book report or something. Yeah, yeah. So... For me, that was really just like, you know, let me try and see what it's like to write about sports. And I you know, was reading the LA Times every day and like ESPN.com, stuff like that. So it was like, let me see if I could try doing that. So I joined the high school paper my senior year and, and started, um, you know, covering different high school sports and, uh, you know, got to write a couple NBA things for the paper. Um, that was like during, you know, the Lakers kind of back-to-back -back title. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my first start with it, and I really enjoyed it. And then from because you got to see the game from a different different yeah. level. Once you write it, like once you see it, but then you write and dissect it, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think writing really is like um, you know I'm, I think it's definitely more uh, you know I, I just had my first TV appearance a couple of weeks ago. Now props, like, I saw that. That's that was pretty cool. That was very. Uh, that was very nerve-wracking, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure, like you know, that pressure of being on TV and kind of having a, a live camera and just like microphone on you, and, and you kind of having to, uh, in the moment, kind of say your, your thoughts and stuff. Like this podcast, we can you know pause it, yeah, yeah, we, can, yeah. we can cut something out. We can mess but, like, up. Being on, being on live <laughs> yeah, TV, you can't really do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I actually think like writing is almost more difficult because it's like you have this blank page mm. and then everything's coming from your mind. Mm. Like you are completely writing that and you know, not editing, you know, if you have an editor, but like you're kind of producing that entire thing from your mind and you just have this like, you know, blank white page that you got to fill up. So to me, like that, that was kind of an, an interesting challenge for mm. me is like getting my thoughts out there. Um, you, you know, and, and not only getting my thoughts out there, but like trying to refine them and express them so in people can understand a coherent way and making the best argument mm -hmm. and uh, you know, getting to debates and, and thoughts about different stuff. So that really intrigued me. So um, then I went to USC for uh, print and digital journalism uh, with a sports media studies minor. And at SC, I took a little bit of a different path because most people there, like most people at you know, most colleges, they write for the school paper or they work at the school TV station. And I did that for a little bit, but for me, I kind of had a, you know, a focus and, and like a one-track mind on, I want to, you know, be at Stable Center covering basketball games. 
things. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't really care how I'm going to get there, but like, I want to go do that. So at the end of my uh, freshman year, things just kind of snowballed where I got an internship uh, with uh, USC's rival site called USC Football back then and did that for a few months. And that was kind of like the first thing that like gave me something on my resume and then from that, just kind of having something on my resume, um, I think was like kind of that first step in the door to kind of get into other stuff. Mm -hmm. So from that, I started uh, covering the Clippers for this site called Clipper Blog, uh, which was part of ESPN's True Network, which is, you know, doesn't really exist anymore, but uh, it was basically like ESPN's equivalent of like SB Nation or, or gotcha. fan sided. Mm -hmm. um, and you know that was that was probably the you know the, the biggest step in my career just because um, it kind of put me in this network of people where um, you know a lot of the people in that NBA writing space kind of mm -hmm. came from that uh, network and, and just you know kind of the connections I made and uh, you know different opportunities I got all kind of stemmed from that. So that was really the first big thing, um, and from that got an internship at Grant and Bill Simmons site. Nice. Um, my sophomore year, so I did that all my sophomore year, uh, and you know that kind of opened up some doors because that was in the uh, you know Grantland is part of ESPN and their mm -hmm. office was in the ESPN LA office. So um, are, are they in the LA Live right there? Yeah, they're right there. So got to be in the same office as the ESPN LA editors, and uh, you know kind of got to meet them, you know network with them. I started freelance writing for uh, ESPN LA because uh, during my sophomore year is when the Clippers got Chris Paul. Mm. So, you know. I was a, that was a big time. Yeah, so like, kinda, yeah. I kind of got in and read at the right time. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, I got in, it was just Blake and, and DJ and yeah, yeah. Like Eric Gordon. And it was kind of this young, exciting team, yep. but no one really knew what was going to happen. Mm. But all of a sudden, they get Chris Paul, and now it's like, well, we need a bunch of content, you know? Yeah, it was Bob yeah. City, and it was exciting, and it was new. and so started writing for ESPN and pretty much did that through the rest of college. Um, you know, I was writing for them almost on a weekly basis, uh, just get, you know making freelance money. And uh, so then outside of school, uh, once I graduated, I got hired by Fox Sports and was like an NBA writer and editor for them. Uh, did that for a couple of years, primarily covered the Clippers for them because obviously uh, you know the Fox Sports has the Clippers TV rights mm -hmm. locally. Uh, with like prime ticket um so i was kind of like their digital writer uh for, for a couple of years and then fox sports like uh, at least on the dot com side they started kind of that was like that whole pivoting the video gotcha. phase and, and they stopped really caring about writing and it, it just wasn't wasn't the right situation for me so i uh, started kind of looking around what was available i still knew a bunch of people at espn my friends told me about uh, this editing position that had opened up mm -hmm. and uh, you know in LA which was a big thing for me because I didn't really want to go to Bristol <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. it's cold man it's yeah, so no, far, so it's far. I've, I've been three times and it, yeah it's, it's freezing so yeah. Uh, so yeah so the, you know got, got that position you know applied got that position and then I was at ESPN for almost two years uh, got to do some really cool stuff there um, you know, got to, got probably most notably got to do a lot of stuff with the Ball family, got mm -hmm. to go to their house and That's stuff, uh, and uh, just kind of do some, 
you know, MBA stuff, some fashion stuff, some sneaker stuff. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a great experience, and like you know, ESPN I still think is at the top of yeah. the industry, and it's yeah. kind of the, the gold standard. That was really cool to, to work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I kind of reached a point where I wasn't getting to write as much as I wanted to. I wasn't getting to create as much content as I wanted to. And I kind of had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, you know, am I am I content being just like working at a, you know a big company and, and kind of just being a part of it or do I want something more do I want to kind of get my name out there uh, my voice out there more and the athletic opportunities kind of popped up and, um, and, and athletics is very very new right yeah, they're very new you know, two and a half years old mm-hmm. um, and you know they, they're rapidly expanding their NBA coverage this summer at first you know the, the possibility of me potentially covering a different team and Actually moving, uh, but once you know the, the Clippers opportunity presented itself, and I got to you know stay in LA, I'm from LA, uh, born and raised, obviously went to SC, so like, mm-hmm. I haven't left LA yet, mm-hmm. um, and I you know, hope I, I don't ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have you traveled enough to know? Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, what I that's what I tell people because I've been I you know I was born out here, lived in Phoenix half of my life, and I've been able to travel around this whole country to understand that LA, at least for me. Yeah. The, the weather, everything, no, look, nothing compares. Nothing compares. Yeah. Nothing compares. Uh-huh. But props on you for realizing that. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, for, so for me, like, uh, that was a big thing. And staying in LA, covering the Clippers, being, you know, around a team I've already been around for, mm-hmm. for multiple years. Um, but also, it kind of being a new situation because, like, you know, half the team is new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the guys weren't even around that are on the team, weren't even around mm-hmm. last season because injuries and stuff. So it was just kind of like a fresh new situation. Uh, you know, first time being a full-time writer, uh, you know, getting to travel on the road, um, now getting to do stuff like, you know, Clippers radio, Clippers TV, like it's, it's been a great opportunity. So um, it's really worked out like better than I mm-hmm. even thought it was going to so far. So, um, you know, I think it's been like a dream come true, basically, uh, you know, for, from the last like five months. So. Yeah. No respect on that, man. You definitely, I mean, just can hear your story. You've definitely done a lot. I mean, I didn't even know most of that, you know, I thought you were just right into the athletic. Um, who, who, who owns that athletic or how, how did that come about? Like, uh, they don't, I mean, they're just owned right now by their, uh, you know, by the, the two CEOs, you know, who kind of the, the co-creators, the CEO, okay. CFO. Fair um, enough. So... Maybe down the road they'll be purchased or something uh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, I keep seeing them uh, pop around because I'm like, I'm very like, I really like to look at, like, okay, what is this site doing? What is this? Like, I'm very, like, I just didn't know. Yeah, so I mean, we've had a lot of investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's been like some like 50, 70 million mm-hmm. invested in, in the past couple of years. But uh, uh, yeah, it's still, it's still new. We're still figuring things out. And, and like the cool thing with, with what I'm, you know, trying to do is um, you know we're trying to provide content that you know there's no ads there's no yeah that's a that's a big thing that's that's our, that's what I remember about them there's no and, ads and it's just like it's not you know I would say we're, we're more in competition with newspapers than anything and like our kind of thing compared to newspapers is um, you know, there's a lot of things but like you know newspapers for example you know a lot of times you have a, a word count Mm-hmm. limit or like a kind of space limit yeah. of like you know this story has to fit 
um, this part of the page of the newspaper has to be this big. Mm -hmm. You can only write this yeah, long. Yeah, so, so many words. Yeah. You know, writing for a digital outlet. You know, I, the article I just turned in is like thirty one hundred words, which mm -hmm. you know would be a huge feature in like a newspaper. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of like a you know a standard article for me. Just kind of. You know, <laughs> that sounds so, like a headache for me. So yeah, I mean, it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for me, like it's, it's picking my spots. It's, you know, yeah. I don't have to write after every game. I'm not going to every game. I'm going to most. You know, I'm going to every home game and, and most road games. But um, you know, I don't have that grind of like, you know, want to practice today, have to write something off of this. You know? Yeah, because I feel like you, you can. There's only we've gone to practices, and I've seen you there. But I'm like, I've gone like back to back days in the practice, and I'm like. Okay, but I've already asked them. I mean, you know, you can only yeah. ask Doc Rivers so many questions. So many questions. And, yeah. And there's always, like, I, I think at some point it kind of becomes, like... Repetitive. It becomes really. repetitive and you're almost, like, forcing a story. Yep. And... Mm -hmm. or, or you're writing something that, like, you could probably tweet or, yeah. you know, have, like, a couple yep. of tweets on this. Yep. Like, they said this, this, and this, but now you're trying to turn that into, like, a story. Yeah. And I'm reading it and I'm like... Well, like that's interesting, but like, was that really worth like that wasn't even really like necessarily worth an article or something? Mm -hmm. So I think you know the, the cool thing with what, and and that's the model they've used for years, decades, and like that's kind of the model they're going to use, and, and that's cool. But like mm -hmm. I think what what we're trying to do is like if you're going to pay, you know, we're we're asking for your money, obviously, you know, depending on the deal you used to have with like. Is it so it's a subscription based? Yeah, it's a su subscription. How, how much is it? Um, there's always deals, so it kind of just depends on like what deal you find okay. and whatever. But, but if like I had two, no deal and I like want to, uh, you know, like two fifty to four dollars a month. So oh, it's, it's okay. Cheap. That's you know, not so bad. It's like a cup of coffee yeah, yeah. a month, but um, you know, I think and that gives you sorry, that gives you access that gives you to everything. 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 So, okay. so you know, and we're expanding. You know, we're going to be uh, you know adding video content soon uh, without ads, uh, at least to my knowledge. Um, probably expanding into audio at some point you know, next year so mm -hmm. uh, you know for us it's um, you know if you're gonna pay for content we want to give you the best possible content I like that I want to give you BS yeah. so um, I think that kind of trade-off is like for someone like me like I'm not gonna necessarily write every day mm -hmm. off of everything unless it's you know super important but when I do write I want to write something quality mm -hmm. I want to you know put my um, you know, take my time with it and mm. put a lot of work and, and effort and research into it and, and kind of give you something that you're not going to get somewhere else. No, I appreciate that. That was good. I, I didn't know a lot that, a lot about that uh, from Athletic. All right, so now, so we both cover the Clippers. Let's talk about the Clippers. Um, yesterday they won. They beat the Phoenix Suns 115-99. to yeah. um, what, what did you like about this game and what do you think they could have done better? Uh, well, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like the, Turnovers were bad. Uh, you know, twenty-one turnovers, um, and I think they had like ten or eleven in the first half. Yeah, they had eleven. In the first actually, half. Uh, I went back and I like to rewatch the games um, afterwards just to kind of see because I actually, you know, I think you know, for as great as it is watching it in person, um, and, you know, I have like you know probably like fourth row seat for for the games like. I think it's better watching on TV yeah. for understanding. You know what? And that, yeah, for, you're right. For, I'm glad you said that because I've been to so many sporting games that once you understand, like if you really want to understand that's like the game, it's better to watch at home. Yeah. But obviously when we're there, you don't get to see everything. Yeah. 
especially uh, going back when uh, that whole Draymond Green situation yeah. happened. Uh, when it was a Clippers game, I didn't know about it. You didn't know about it until we both got home. And we're yeah. like, oh, dang. Yeah, no, so there's definitely pros and cons. Like, you know, being at the game, obviously, you get to, like, you know, you get to network, you get to be in the locker room, you get to talk to people. So, like, that's invaluable. But um, definitely for, like, watching and understanding the game, I, I think there's, you know, there's a big difference between watching it in person and watching it uh, mm-hmm. on TV and being able to rewind or pause. or So... Uh, going back, like they were just playing really sloppy. Yeah. Um, you know, they're telegraphing passes, just kind of forcing passes that weren't there. Like, um, you know, trying to, you know, just kind of drop passes. Yeah, they're very like last, last. They used to go, and they seemed like they kind of already had in the bag, but they weren't playing. Yeah, they, they kind of play, especially in that first <laughs> half. It was kind yeah. of like we know we're playing the Suns, they're the worst team in the West. Yeah. Like, you know, that's why the game was tied. But kind of saw them pull away mm-hmm. the third and the fourth just mm-hmm. because. You the Suns are a young team, you know, they're long and athletic, but they're not very disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, look, Avery Bradley did a really good job on Devin Booker. So did uh, Shane Gilders Alexander, yeah. which was something I hadn't noticed, but going back and watching, like, I saw when Shea did guard Devin Booker. He, he kind of shut him down. Yeah, he did he kinda, really he kinda, Yeah, he kind of shut him down. And, you know, I think they did a nice job with DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he had, like, four points. The only four points. They should, yeah. So... So, you know, between those, those are the kind of their two main, you know, and TJ Warren, like those are their main offensive guys. The Clippers did a pretty good job on them. So, um, I think that was kind of, the only way the Suns were going to be in this game was if they dropped like, you know, 120 or something, kind of made it a shootout. That didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, Clippers won. And, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those weird games where like, I, I don't want to, you know, it's hard to take away much from like playing such a bad team. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a great win, but it wasn't like a bad win either. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, say, like in the middle. Uh, but you know, they won, which is the more most important thing. They're still first in the West, uh, playing the Kings tonight, which mm-hmm. I think will be a tough one, especially on back to back. But um, you know, if they win that, they're going to be first in the West entering December, which I, I think no one really could have predicted. Nobody, uh, you know. And I think that's very. I mean, that surprised me too, because like. Obviously, no, there's no, you know, DeAndre, no Blake Griffin, no Chris Paul and everything. A lot of people I know that I was talking to were like, yeah, the Clippers are not going to do too much. I know it's still early in the season, but look, let me read you some numbers. They're 14 and 6, first in the West, 9 and 1 at home, and they're in three-game winning streak. You know, who could have predicted that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, like, I, I do think that... I don't know how sustainable this is. Like, I, I would, you know, if you yeah, told, it's me, early. If you told oh, me it's, yeah. it's April. Yeah, that's that's one that, that's why I, I tell I, people that. I'd be shocked. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would even be really surprised if they had, like, a top four or five seed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, just looking at the rest of the West, like, there's only five games between them and Houston. Yeah. Houston's in 14th place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all expect Houston to, to bounce back and mm-hmm. probably make the playoffs. So, um I think with with the Clippers, it's you know like obviously it's better to be fourteen and yeah. six than not be fourteen yeah. and six, and like you don't want to take that away from them. But at the same time, like it is a long season; they still have sixty games, um, you know, and there's gonna be rough patches. And I, I think you know like if they could they lose you know their next two or three games, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, picture for right now. So it's like. You know, you, you can win your next mm-hmm. two or three and stay in first or stay, you know, top two, three, whatever. 
you can also just as easily lose yeah. a couple of games. The West is, yeah, so. the West is that, that competitive. But one thing that I asked this to coach yesterday, and I was like, it seems like every player on the Clippers understands their role, whether it's a bench player, whether it's like, you know, whoever like starts at center, whoever, like they understand their role. Okay, I'm here to play defense. I'm yeah. here to do this place. I'm here to be a facilitator. And that's what I've seen. That's what kind of stood out to me the most so far for the Clippers. What stood out for you? Um, I, I think they're, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that that's been, you know, interesting just because they have so many guys in one-year deals. You know, it's such a new team. Uh, they, they've gelled so quickly, with, which is, you know, you usually see, like, look at a team like the Lakers. They clearly, uh, you know, have a lot of room to get better. And I think that in large part is just because of, there's so many new pieces mm-hmm. and they're still figuring each other out. Uh, you know, it's the same case with the Clippers. They actually probably have more new pieces than the Lakers do. Uh, but, you know, it's they've just kind of gelled from day one or, Mm-hmm. as close to day one as possible uh, and yeah and everyone has kind of been, you know I, I think the, the biggest thing I've noticed that's been you know really impressive is it's just been not only do they know their role but like they accept when they don't play exactly it's so difficult and, and especially in the NBA, NBA there's so much ego there's so much every, and everybody wants to play yeah. but just talking to everybody that I mean when we're at practice they're like we're here to win we just want to win, whether it's Pat, whether it's yeah. Lou, or even like Doc, Doc. Doc is benched guy. You know, Doc is benched Gallo at the end of games. Yeah. Doc is benched Tobias at yeah. the end of games. Doc is benched Lou. He just benched Lou in the Portland game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he benched Patrick Beverly and starting Shea. Yeah. You know, uh, he you know he's Milo, doing like such a great job. Milo Shabon yeah. played well, but some nights they don't yeah. play. Some nights they play. It's like you know th- this team. Um, you know, if you look night to night, there are very few consistencies with the playing time, with, with mm-hmm. you know, with, with the points and shots and stuff that's kind of normalized where, like, you know, it's kind of it's Tobias, it's Gallo, it's Lou, it's Trez. Like, you kind of know who the main mm-hmm. scores are, but um, really just, like, who's closing games, even who's starting, he's yeah. changed a few times. Like, it, it's just been so impressive to me that, like, now, look, and you kind of just mentioned it, like, they're winning, yeah. and it's easy to say that it when is, winning. exactly. But exactly. If, if they go on a five-game losing streak at some point, which is, <laughs> yeah, losing hurt. Yeah, you, you know, know, like, let's see yeah. how yeah, yeah. is Pat still happy coming off the bench? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is you know course, player yeah. X still happy yeah. not closing a game? Then we'll see. Yeah. So, but a lot of that, what you just said, is uh, what Coach Doc Rivers talks about is the matchups. He like you know he every there's a different lineup, everything, and that's what I realized. That it's like. Whoever closes out games, he's like, I just, I like what my eyes are telling me, you know, whether it's this matchup or whether this player is playing well. And that's what I, I like so far about Doc. I mean, that's my first, first year covering the Clippers and just seeing how he understands the game, he dissects the game. He's like, look, I'm just going to whoever, whoever I see that's playing well. Yeah, I think that it's hard to do. Yeah. Because I think every coach wants to do that. It's another thing to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the good thing about Doc is he really like emboldens players and, and plays to their strengths yeah. and like encourages them to do what they do well. Yeah. I think a lot of coaches try to change players or have them fit a certain box that they want. So like, you know, if you're if you're a center on my team, you have to do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then Doc is more, you know, kind of fitting the system to the players yeah. and the personnel he has and kind of, you know, what are you good at? All right, well let's Let's play to that 
and, and not kind of forcing you into something you're not. So, um, you know, I think he's, he's done a great job this season. I, I think he's got to be on the short list of, you know, the coach of the year, yeah. if not the favorite. Yeah, um, he's mine right now. No, it's early, but he's mine. So, like, yeah, man, I think all around, like, the, the Clippers' season has gone about as well as you could expect, and um, it, it, it's been super impressive now. I'm, you know, interested to see how long they can keep this up. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I've been kind of writing every 10 games, kind of some, like, 10 or so observations, mm-hmm. storylines, takeaways, whatever. And, uh, you know, last time, yeah. uh, they're 6-4 and four through the first 10 games, but I was like, well, let's see how they do the next 10 games. Yeah. Well, there's one eight and two during that stretch. So like, they keep this up. Like, you know, uh, I'll be very surprised. But um, big thing that for me is going to be them when having that good record at home. Yeah. If they keep that winning record at home, they're going to. Yeah, be, I mean, they're if, gonna if be, you're a good home team, yeah. you're kind of walking to the playoffs. Like, I the, the road stuff does scare me because mm-hmm. like seven, like seven of their nine uh, next nine are on the road, mm-hmm. and they have not played that well on the road. Mm-hmm. I think said so, like what they're. Especially on the back on the back to back side, I think when they've lost the games, I think to yeah. Orlando and then Washington are the recent ones. The, the, so I think they're five and five uh, on the road, mm-hmm. and you know seven of the next nine on the road. So like if you go uh, like three and four in those road games, or you know even four and three, like you're still dropping down the the West, mm-hmm. you know playoff picture. So um, I would be surprised if you know the next ten games, looking thirty games in. They're still first in the West. Um, you know, at that point, you just have to be like, all right, well, like, yeah. they might be the second best team in the West. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I'm skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. I think they're more going to fall into that, like, I think they will. Six, they, seven, they, yeah, eight. they will regress. They will regress. But if they keep playing as a unit, I can see them making some noise. Yeah, no, the other big thing with them is, like, injuries. And, and, yeah. You know, I think most people, when predicting them before the season, were like, all right, well, they're going to have a couple of probably big injuries at some point just with you know kind of the, the roster and mm-hmm. history with, with injuries with a lot of these guys so if you tell me you know it's April and everyone's been healthy all year like yeah I can see them maybe being like a five seed or something yeah. it wouldn't necessarily surprise me but I think you know Gallo Avery Brown mm-hmm. Avery Brown has already been injured yeah. uh, Patrick Beverly like Luke Mwamute has only played in a couple games like mm-hmm. they have some guys with injury histories and, and um, I think they can withstand it as long as like the main guys don't Bias, Gallo, Lou, Trez, if those guys stay healthy, yeah, I think they'll be fine. But um, if any one of those guys goes down, I think it's, it's obviously going to be a big hit, which any team loses one of their best players. Really. Yeah, it goes down. Who's, uh, who's your favorite player to watch right now in the league? Uh, growing up, it was Shaq. Shaq? Yeah, Shaq. Like, you know, uh, I always played big man mm-hmm. you know, since I was little, so. Shaq was kind of always that, uh, you know, guy who you know, I aspired to. <laughs> you wanted to be like Shaq? Yeah, yeah Shaq, Shaq, Shaq was, you know, Shaq yeah. was a monster. Um, yeah. You know, like, I, I got into basketball during the, the Kobe Shaq uh, repeat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Shaq was just turning around and dunking on the floor. <laughs> like, he, he was just a beast. And, like, yeah. just putting up, like, 30 and 20 in the finals. Yeah. It was just, like, a monster. So... Um, Shaq was all just that like dominance and that power mm-hmm. and, um, all, you know Thunder obviously had great personality mm-hmm. funny dude always in like commercials and stuff so I was like Shaq um, but anybody in the league right now post Shaq uh, you know my, my two favorite players 
Archer, Ben, LeBron, Chris Paul. Nice. Um, it's funny, I have a, a what's it? I guess like a, like on the, the, the cigarette, uh, what's it? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? You smoke cigarettes? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, ashtray. Ashtray, okay. So I made an ashtray uh, in my junior year of high school uh, in my ceramics class. And uh, you know, painted it. It was a basketball theme. Uh-huh. One side LeBron, one side Chris Paul. So uh, that's it's cool. like, uh, it's like why an ashtray though? Maybe because I think we had. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, it's like one side navy and maroon for the Cavs. One side uh, aqua and yellow for the Hornets. And uh, back when that was their colors. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like those two, like. For me, I've always liked, um, I've always liked, you know, I've liked big, like big men have always been my favorite players, but I've always liked, uh, you know, playmaker, passer types, um, you know, LeBron, is a whole, you know, that could be a whole other podcast, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> he's, he's just been amazing how yeah. he, uh, you know, really since day one has had that spotlight on his back. And he, has he literally been, has the chosen one yeah, yeah. on his back. And I think he's lived up to it. And, and honestly, surpassed. Like I, I think even when people were kind of, oh, he's the chosen one. He's this. Like no one thought he'd ever, you know, be. I think at this level, yeah. breaking all these records. You know, some people putting him up there with Jordan. Like I don't think anyone, even in the most optimistic, you know, kind of projections of LeBron, had him at that yeah. level. So for him to, you know, never have. The worst thing he's ever done publicly was the decision, which like yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the biggest thing about LeBron. Yeah, he's never, that bad, yeah, he's know? never done anything like crazy. You've seen so many yeah. other top athletes have way worse things happen to them, uh, you know. And, and I just think for him to to have stayed out of trouble, mm-hmm. um, you know, really have nothing like negative. You can't really say anything negative about him. You might you might not like him. You might not like his style of play. You might think. Lines yeah. or, or you know cramps or whatever like whatever like you want to kind of nitpick him on um, he's balding he can't shoot whatever you know I, I think he, he he's just so so great yeah and, uh, and then Chris, Chris Paul like obviously was on the Clippers um, I, I liked him before he was on the Clippers but um, I think Chris Paul might be the most underrated player in NBA history like I, I think that. He's gotten the short end of the stick so many times in the postseason. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Like, if he was healthy, they would have. He, he's like one guy that, like, if he just got a ring, uh, like you know, somehow Houston beat Golden State last year. You know, he didn't get injured, mm-hmm. and they won a title. Like, you know, I think I think he's an all-time great. Um, yeah. and, and you know, I, I still think he is anyway. But like, yeah. I think he just hasn't been viewed that way because of the postseason success. But you can put his numbers against anybody yeah. through this point in his career. He's, you know, yeah. like, he's as good as any point guard ever. He's a solid, yeah, he's, he's a like, solid, solid point guard. Well, cool, Jovan, thank you for joining us. Uh, let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, yeah, um, your at, social media? my social media yeah. is at Jovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. That's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook, it's, it's Jovan Buha, NBA. Uh, but uh, yeah, you should follow me there. And uh, if you have any questions, I love answering questions. And uh, subscribe to the Athletic Under One of My Articles.
possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help him. Help his piggy bank. So, <laughs> thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Share this content with everybody. Um, make sure to check out fantasysportscape.com. We've got articles there as well. For Jovan, this is you. Catch you guys next episode. Peace. Thank you.